0: Oh gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Tonight's guest has had a seasoned career, and he's still going. He's the lead singer of the Dead Milkman, the low budgets. Sometimes he calls himself Joe Jack Talcum. I'm super stoked uh, that he's here. The first time I learned about his band... It was like I was 11 years old in 1991 and there was this girl named well I better not say her name but hey <laughs> she had this shirt on and I'm an artist and I was very turned on by it. I was like what is that? I've never heard of that band. And she was like oh you've never heard of the Dead Milkmen and I was like no I haven't and um it existed in a time and age when the internet wasn't there and to find out about a band you had to do some research so the first time i learned about your group was when i saw that and i never forgot it and then just this year somebody was like hey the lead singer lives in kunchi would you like to interview him <laughs> shout out more than i'm the not actually
1: the lead singer but you know only what I mean? A singer. A singer, yes. One of the me. singers, one of the two singers that sings lead vocal. So I'm the lead vocalist, but not the lead. I shouldn't so say the lead. lead. I, oh, I, and in I, the low budgets, <laughs> I sang maybe three songs. So I wasn't, I was a singer there, but not really. Mm-hmm. With that being said, ladies and
0: gentlemen, please welcome Joseph Genero <laughs> hey, to the, the, the lounge. Thanks. So, it's great to be here. Yeah, like that shirt, man. I, I just remember so it just that it all moment. comes down to a t shirt. It comes down to me more about art, and I was was, it,
1: out, was it the lizard one or yeah was it the, the lizard ca- one? Oh yeah, that's that's Dean Dean Clean, our, our drummer.
0: But you're an artist, that's... though. I was checking out your Instagram today. Oh yeah,
1: who I doodle, I'm a marker mm-hmm. artist.
0: I like markers too very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's something about, I mean, pencils in school. They're always like, you uh-huh. need pencils, and I was like, I want to use ink yeah exactly you know like i want the ink Screw the pencil (laughs) i I just i mean like i don't know what it is about the pencil but it just doesn't have the same feel now if you do pencils first and then you you know put ink to it later it kind of looks cool but something about that fluid uh feel of the marker tip right um there's and the the smell the odor the smell yeah remember when they had the markers come out i mean i think they still make them but the markers with the the scent smell oh yeah i remember those Now, I was probably too young when they first came out. When did they first come out? My assistant's not here. He's not going to be able to look it up. Could it be the 70s? It had to be a glorious time, though. (laughs) A glorious time. Yeah, yeah. everybody was like, yo, let me get a whiff for that marker, right?
1: (laughs) I like the black licorice. I remember pens that were smelly. Maybe that was the 80s. Pens that were smelly? Because we would get uh, fan mail in the 80s. Mm-hmm. now you get emails and messages on facebook but back then we would get actual letters written by young mm-hmm. young women and men and you could some of them you'd open up and oh this is a smelly one maybe yeah it would be, maybe they put perfume in it but they also that's when i remember those pens that were smelly smelly pens
0: i remember uh the pens too that those, had the multicolored. yeah those weight. things too yeah you could like Sing, yeah. uh for the people who aren't uh, watching scented me right ink. now, yeah. It's like uh, scented ink. Scented I don't know ink, where yeah. what
1: what's happened to it. Well, what's happened <laughs> to a lot of stuff too is like, I mean, maybe it causes cancer, and they had to take it off the shelf.
0: Got everything. That. I just found out uh, <laughs> last week that seltzer is bad for you. What? Yeah. So I've been drink. I stopped drinking soda. Started drinking seltzer. Why is that bad that for you? Because okay, so I'll get a little scientific. So if you if you eat actually if you drink seltzer on its own, it's fine. Oh, but okay. if you mix it with food. Like say for instance, you have a seltzer with dinner, the pH Uh-oh. levels go up to an unhealthy level that can break down parts pH. of your teeth. Everything's, oh, okay. everything, so everything's bad for you. That's probably why right? I don't have any teeth. It's okay. I have uh, <laughs> teeth problems too. It, it's it's never fun. You, you bring up an interesting point about the, the fan mail too, because I'm, I'm a very, I was born in 1980 and I'm very nostalgic about that decade just because I experienced life that way you know i experienced mm-hmm. music i mean i experienced bands in a time when you know you really didn't know much about them because you couldn't find out information about them you know and they were like these mythical beings um you know i mean i could go through the whole origin of your band and stuff like that and i feel as if you've done that a lot you you've probably you've probably gone through that story much but i want to as a mu- have, I'm a yeah. musician right and i am an artist and i like sometimes to talk about what a musician would care to talk about. Right. So, I mean, like you, you know, in the articles I've read today, like you, you mentioned a lot about how, uh, pardon me. Um, you, like the band has a lot of like, um, references to, um, many different, like, like you came up with characters for the band.
1: Where right. That, right. Where did yeah. that come from? Uh, maybe an overactive imagination. I lived in, in, in my head for a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, just like sharing that with uh, friends, as I cracked my shell and realizing other people like to some other people like to kindred spirits like to do the same thing as that as mm. part of writing, I guess. And I love I that.
0: love doing stuff like that. <laughs>
1: I had a group. What you do and making yeah,
0: it, it's what. fun to do that because it makes the the band. Uh, it, I wouldn't say more important, but it makes it more interesting. Really, when there's more yeah. mythos to it, you know. Yeah. When you were growing up, who did you uh, get inspired by?
1: The first the first musical group that I got inspired by was the Beatles, and is similar to what you're saying, that, believe it or not. I didn't know a whole lot about them, and uh, I, uh, but I started buying their records and going to the library to learn more stuff about them. But after that, it was the Ramones. Again, I heard them on the radio. Um on one of the FM stations. I think it was called WIOQ. In this area? In Philadelphia, yeah. This cool. is like seven. What was it
0: like for you and when you first heard the Ramones?
1: It was like a, like a jolt of lightning. Uh, like, this is awesome. This is punk music. And I decided I like punk music and wanted to learn more about that. And the same thing happened... Uh, I would go to the, you know, Chester, Chester County Library, look at magazines that I couldn't get any other way, um, uh, and learn about that stuff, <laughs> newspapers and stuff. I,
0: I, funny, I think it's like 1996, and I have tickets to see the Ramones at the electric factory. Wow. And I'm stoked. I can't wait to go. And then the night of the, sh- the day of the show, a massive snowstorm came. Mm. Shut down 76. I remember calling the electric factory nonstop to see if they would, you know, cancel it or do something. They're like, now show's on. If you live in Philly, you go walk here. I'm like, I I live in country. And I never got a chance to see him. And I was so depressed. Uh, What about uh, Sex Pistols?
1: I like them too.
0: I was heavily influenced. So, like the same girl that wore your, your shirt uh-huh. also turned me on to the Sex Pistols. And for me, it was the font, the colors of the pink and the um, like, the green mixed together. I'd never seen that color combination before. Yeah. I was just blown away by it.
1: And yeah, the, the I mean color, the color, bold bold colors like that and New Wave. I like New Wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff that was different that stemmed from me. I guess hearing the Ramones and wanting to learn more about all that stuff. Uh, the sex pistols. I mean, I, I heard I heard about the sex pistols before I heard about the Ramones, but I Did didn't you, have the I didn't have a way to actually hear the music. I just heard them in the news. Uh, so you and saw, so I like, came backwards, and
0: you you heard about them in the UK causing like a ruckus. And stuff? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I love They that. were actually in the news here because, of but cursing? then never All I, air? probably probably yeah. something like that.
0: It's a filthy lucre. <laughs> I I love learning about that as a kid. I was only ten or eleven, and like I I. It was so hard for me in 1990 to realize that 1976 really wasn't that long ago, but it seemed <laughs> yeah. like ages ago to me as a kid.
1: Because when you're a kid, yeah, every it's year, an, is, is even a the Beatles.
0: As well, yeah. as I listened to the Beatles as a kid, I remember I think it's like 91 or so they put out that ABC five day like mini series. Remember where they yep, covered each. Yep. Like that. That's when they they first uh, debuted "Real Love," I believe, and I was totally influenced by that. But later in life, when I found out the Sex Pistols only produced
1: and released one album right i mean how does it get more punk like rock than many that? many titles you know? but just one albums where this yeah that's <laughs> they broke up before they made enough. The yeah it's crazy album. um and so yeah i i, I got into pill johnny Leiden and all that because of that yeah all that crazy. post-punk stuff
0: the last uh tour they did i saw a performance of theirs on jules holland which uh, is yeah. one of my favorite shows i was I was like, man, nobody makes music like this. <laughs> you nobody would think that Johnny would make music like that. Post oh, it so,
1: so like a 90 degree turner. Or... What
0: was that like to experience Public Image Limited like when they first came out nobody knew what was next? Like, what, were you blown away or were
1: you? I thought it was pretty cool in mm-hmm. an arty kind of way. And this was, this was happening exactly at the time I was making those fake, uh, they're not fake music, but they're real music, uh, those tapes that, yeah preceded the actual band, the dead milk men, but it was me and a neighbor and Rodney and, and sometimes anybody or anybody else who was there, but we were the three core people writing and Mm -hmm. recording those things. And that was around that time. And I just thought it was, you know, anything like that would influence, you know, the, you know, a character in the fictitious story. Yeah To do something outrageous And what is the response
0: you know, what, <laughs> From fans It's crazy to what, think
1: though Yeah like It's fun to It's fun, it's
0: fun to, to do, do that I, I I, actually I'm a big fan of like when a, Not many bands do this anymore But when they You know They try to make it more of a Performance art piece in
1: a way Where it's like You're not really sure What's gonna happen Yeah You know There's nothing more boring When you Or they Because I remember reading that They performed behind a screen And it caused a ruckus Because no one could see them Really i might be confusing it with another band. that's but, cool though but i think that's what i read about mm-hmm. pill pills earliest oh yes you know i did read that i did read that and yeah. then you know and that's people... something that i would take as what what you know i gotta hear this whatever music this is just from the description of how they're mm-hmm. portraying and performing it and then they mimicked it
0: now people bands do it all the time lots yeah. of bands open that way with the silhouette and then the Curtain drops, and then
1: there they are. Yeah, and, you and then know. there they are. But so what was they the They got first the audience time? to be outraged at them on purpose.
0: Oh, my God. Audience outrage is the best. <laughs> I just... I, <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on audience outrage. <laughs> I read that um, Madonna just came to Philly, and she didn't start the show to like, 11 12, 11, 12 p.m. or something like that.
1: Oh, I hate that.
0: And, like, people were, like, waiting in there for oh. hours. And Lots of them had babysitters. And she wrapped the show, like, 2.30 in the morning. Oh. Can you imagine? I mean, like, come on. I've seen a couple I've seen lots of
1: bands Like I'm always Yeah that's a different Kind of outrage That's not That's (laughs) not good outrage That's That's kind of selfish outrage She better have a good excuse For doing it I mean
0: as far as outrage goes Yeah like the Sex Pistols Cursing on live television Sid Vicious Cutting himself up And then I guess In the 80s Gigi Allen See it's funny You mentioned Gigi Allen So I I work at uh, Oldies.com Over here Oh what's that The warehouse it's, it's on 476. Oh, that's...
1: I see, there's a... You have the big banner on the thing? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I'm the DVD... Like I make a,
0: all the DVD menus there and I get to watch the movies and stuff and, okay. and create them. But they also have a, a treasure trove of um, CDs. Hmm. My boss, whom I believe after I mentioned your name to him today, you know Steve Kaplan. Sound familiar?
1: Yeah, it sounds familiar. He knows.
0: He knows, he says he might have distributed your records in Jersey, but he owns Probably. the Masters to Gigi Allen. So, oh, he... Okay. he, he <laughs> in, like, the course of, like, my first month there, says to me, uh, in you know, hindsight, he's like, oh, yeah, I got those G.G. G. Allen CDs, I bought them up. And I'm like, you what? So you you helped produce the documentary that came out that uh, Todd Phillips, who directed The Joker, did back in the day? And he's like, yeah, that was me. I gave young Todd I gave him the access to the the tapes and I thought, oh, this will be whatever. And the, the guy goes on to direct the hangover series and the Joker, which is now uh-huh. nominated for 11 Academy Awards. But Gigi Allen, why is there not a movie on this guy? I mean, like a, like a biopic. I mean, it gets no more crazier than outrage. Like as far as like what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. that.
0: If you don't know who Gigi Allen why. is, you got to Google him right now. Uh, don't watch him with the kids in the room. It's <laughs> definitely not safe for work, but uh it's funny because like, you know, a lot of people like think of the like the nineties, like they'll think of Marilyn Manson and stuff like that, but there is there a Marilyn Manson without a Gigi Allen? Mm, mm, Who was the first not? in your in your in your experiences? Like the first one to really Alice really, Cooper,
1: maybe? I don't know.
0: What did Alice do that was so shocking? Was it just because he liked the macabre and he wanted to incorporate that theatrical
1: element or I guess he had something with doves. Similar to what happened oh, yeah. with uh, did he? Wait, he ate the dove? I don't think he really did, but that may have been the story. Yeah, but uh, That's yeah, crazy. they something where they had live doves and something bad. When I'm not exactly sure of the story. But, yeah, uh, parallel to the Ozzy Osbourne thing, I guess. So yeah, there's like rumors
0: of that going back and forth that Ozzy did this, Ozzy did that. Um, like during this time frame, like um, as far like I'm always interested in the recording process, uh-huh. you know, like the actual recording. When was your first, I guess, professional recording? When did, where did you? Step we made to? it in eighty nineteen
1: eighty four. Got released in eighty five. And that's big, big lizard um, in my
0: backyard, right?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. we did that uh, at a small eight track, but professional recording studio um that was located on the third floor and it was called third story recording the third floor above a cafe that's still there called the white dog cafe on sansom street in philly
0: oh wow and um did you have somebody a producer did you guys produce that uh
1: we we as we credited this guy john wicks who was the engineer and owner of the studio with production but in fact uh we produced it we didn't know uh, what <laughs> what a producer did and what same uh, my first experience but but it. he did produce he did do pro- actual production on our second album eat your paisley and that's mm-hmm. when we realized oh this is what a producer does cuz this is what this is what you know you is meet that, with the band beforehand in 88 right 87 that, 80 one? so that the next one we did in 86 uh, eat your paisley yeah mm-hmm. so it's a year we did one a year do you enjoy the recording process i i've always enjoyed the recording process same what do you like about it the most uh that you can screw up and go back and do it again one thing mm-hmm. with tape <laughs> if, you can I do mean, things you couldn't otherwise it's a do age. i mean you could do you could
0: change everything but back in the day on tape it, it was very yeah. difficult right
1: yeah so i found that a reassuring um
0: when you record your guitar, how do you like to do it? Do you like what do you, do you have a certain setup per se, microphones, directs, or you just put it in the hands of the engineer? Cuz it sounds it's to me different, like oh, you different have different for different sound, situations.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dead Milkmen uh, fell into a pattern starting with our third album of recording uh as much live as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, except for obvious overdubs and whatnot so that we could keep that feel but when i'm when i'm recording just guitar by itself mm-hmm. i prefer to be have loud speakers rather than headphones and mm-hmm. i don't have to be in the room with the amp i can be in a control room that's what i like and
0: yeah i I enjoy that i don't too. really
1: mm-hmm. do the headphone r- 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 studio I mean when it's when it's absolutely necessary and I have to do it like my home recording stuff I do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you got to hear it. Um as far as guitar sound goes, what did you like when you were you know, format like when you were formulating your signature sound? Did you have a certain like what was your first distortion pedal it would probably be a better question. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs>
1: My first distortion pedal was in, wasn't was really a pedal. It was an old Lloyd's tape uh, cassette tape recorder uh-huh. that was rewired so that uh, a quarter-inch jack could go into it. Wow. And, and the output would be the headphone output, and that would go back into the amp, and it would just make crazy distortion. Yeah, somebody, I think Dave's brother or Dave himself, Dave Blood. Yeah. Showed me that trick, and I had I had a I had a cassette thing that was pretty much broken as a cassette thing, but it still worked.
0: That's for that. Cool, man. <laughs> That's cool. So,
1: but I didn't use distortion in the early days of the Dead Milkmen because it, when I mm, yeah,
0: as far as guitars go, what did you like?
1: what, what Your oh, guitar- I liked uh, my very very first electric guitar was pretty horrible, but. It worked enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what kind, what it is. It was just like the cheap thing I could get used. Do you still well, have My a... first nice one that I liked was an SG. is very yeah. nice, yeah. I think I've seen a picture. And the only reason I wanted an SG is because I saw a Minor Threat play at Love Hall and Brian Baker was playing one. And I Mind didn't threat. know what that was called. And I was like, that guitar, I like that guitar. And someone said, that's mm-hmm. an SG. So I found yeah, it's, a it's funny how that happens yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then I just oh, I like this guitar I wish I had my
0: first guitar I pawned it like an idiot Pawned my guitar
1: Yeah I broke mine like an idiot By mistake Yeah, yeah
0: I mean like I wish I could My, my first guitar was a Memphis was a piece, piece of shit But uh-huh. I mean Did the job It was red And uh, I pawned it for like 50 bucks But I would Give any amount of money To get it back Because there was so much Like learning experience from it You know so like as the band like starts to develop um like what what like describe to me like what's because i'm five and 85 i I have no idea what's going on like what what was the scene like back then what's different now from then and what do you miss or what do you recollect
1: well you touched on some of the things is that There is a lot more word of mouth. I mean, I guess there still is. There's flyers Mm -hmm. that people make. I
0: miss flyers, man.
1: (laughs) Uh, But a lot of the personal stuff is pretty much the same. When I get invited to play these basement shows, I get an insight on the. Well, it's not really changed too much. They're still playing shows in basements, just like they were in 85 uh, or the 80s. Um, There were more shows in... VFWs than I think there are now I don't know why it's
0: it's funny you say that because
1: I've played a few VFWs (laughs) Uh, maybe they still are
0: they're not as many though yeah it's not a venue that's touted as much as like you know uh, the fire or something like that in Philly but I mean
1: yeah so we would have those kind of Elks Lodges uh, the place called the Community Education Center where it would be Things like oh, you could rent this place out and we could do a show on our own. All until you know something terrible happens there, and then they won't rent it out to anybody else again. <laughs> that is the truth. But that's right? kind of the way it still is. And somebody smashes <laughs> a bottle <laughs> on somebody's head or something like so that. So there's Still a lot of DIY stuff, and it's not, nothing quite like the DIY. Like you know, I miss that. You know? bands that help. the the bands help other bands out because they're sort of doing the same thing and they have the same goals.
0: So I always scenes found punk around punk rock was that. very
1: that was Clicky a fucking like collective. Yeah some like with other like mainstream bands, they don't necessarily want to work together. Kinda, like, that's kinda what we that's kinda what we felt in, or I saw in the eighties too. So in that regard what? it's not that you have different streams of mm-hmm. paths of the how bands are want, you know, think of themselves and think of
0: Yeah, it's weird. Where right? were
1: they venues that they would and would not play or were, couldn't possibly see themselves play. I mean,
0: back we then. We would take
1: any show we can get. You would take any
0: show. Well, okay, so like, I guess somebody would ask, what's your f- best show? But I would want to ask, like, I'm a big fan of like, uh, when shit goes wrong on stage, right? So when I go see a band I love and they make a mistake, I love it. Because it's just, to me, it shows like, they're a musician just like everybody else, right? That's that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, I, I remember one time I went to see, um, it was Motley Crue. Motley Crue in like 2007. They started... Three different songs at once. Drummer had one song going. Guitar player had one song going. The other guy, he didn't know what yeah, he was doing. They stopped it. Tech, yeah. And they were mad at each other. And I could sense oh, yeah. it like from like uh, 250
1: feet away. You get a little away, behind like, the scenes. Yeah, just how mad. I love that, man. You know?
0: <laughs> um, me personally, I played a show one time. Um, speaking of a weird place, I played at uh, Club Risque on Delaware Ave Strip oh, yeah, Bar. Yeah. And I was on stage and my bass amp just went right out. There's nothing going on i may mean, have you know i could have fiddled yeah. with it i could have looked like an idiot but there was dancers on stage uh-huh. and i didn't want the show to stop so i mean yeah. with bass i mean people don't realize what it does until it's gone per se yeah yeah but uh it was definitely <laughs> gone but i had no choice to like go through the actions of still playing so i just pretended <laughs> yeah and i it's remember that like cold sweat going up my back and like that that feeling like oh jesus i'm messing you know what i mean do you have any moments like that, that well, Or the very
1: first dead milkman show ever which was July of 1983 in the middle of the show. And this is recorded. So this oh, wow. is part of why I remember it. Uh, my aunt completely dies, but the band keeps playing. It was oh one of God. those songs. I think it was right wing pigeons. I might be wrong, but mm-hmm. they just make an extended thing out of it. And they're, they cover for me. Uh, another, uh, musician in a different band who plays saxophone started playing sax solos over top of the band vamping over just the one riff yeah. of the song mm-hmm. and rodney rodney's like making up stuff on the, on the spot to go along to with that, it man huh? so i'm sorry to hear that happen but it, to was, it was it was kind of cool because it was devastating for me in that moment but the fact that the band kept the show going like Mm. that until i could get another amp someone helped me put another amp and it also shows the community spirit of the diy show thing Mm. that we had and it was our first show and that was to me a great sign it's the band (laughs) works together that way that That well will probably yeah i mean work okay in future shows that's insane man that that had to be but i would hate i would hate breaking a string this is way before i had the money to buy a second guitar backup and oh yeah but at least, at least at least Yeah, Dave would start to play some bass line to like Ricky Don't Lose Your Number or something and Rodney <laughs> would make make up weird stuff to go over top of it until it got the string back on. I don't think I've ever asked this
0: question before. So I mean here's a I mean I'm a bass player, but I started as a guitar player, so I know I guess the which string do you think is the worst to lose live?
1: The one that I always, almost always lose it. it's, a right. Right? Yeah. it's the G string. G string, right? Yeah, it's the worst. It's
0: the worst because you can't do anything. <laughs> know. You know, it just right the sound right. Like you can't play the one that like always a, goes to. one, four, five. The four's out, five's out. You know, it's it's a mess. I, I I find that those things are, you know, as far as like musicians who listen to my show, they love hearing stuff like that because you know it. It can show that, you know, even after years, you can still make a mistake. And, you know, I think that punk rock, though, like something about punk rock like and making mistakes and being still accepted. I always loved that, you Mm -hmm. know, I always loved that spirit, you know, and like. I mean, Leave the mistakes in
1: is sometimes it's important to do that.
0: And you know what, too? I agree with that 100% because you know what? In today's world with Pro Tools, you can (laughs) fix anything, right? Right. Sometimes when like, okay, going back to your favorite group growing up, the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. The stuff that they did in the studio, right? When you sit there and you actually figure out how they did that with the material, or excuse me, the equipment they had. Right. I mean, there's some stuff where the, you know, John's voice when they're doubling doesn't necessarily match up, but it makes that character sound so good
1: right if they if they could have used mm-hmm. pro tools to correct everything it has anybody would be ever done that, it would be horrible has what, anybody ever me,
0: yeah taken to, like a beatles album and like pro told
1: the shit out of i don't know it. <laughs> maybe somebody out there's like i've got an idea you wouldn't be able to
0: release it at all but i mean the the recording stuff that they did i mean it's just so well
1: at least that when they do those 30 or 40 or 50 year reissues that and they do the remastering at least yeah. they don't they could be tempted to correct things, but no one ever does.
0: Isn't it crazy that that fire happened out there in, um, Los Angeles, I think it was at universal. They lost all those master recordings. I didn't hear about that. So they're, they're, they had, they had, um, like Gaffin universal, all these master recordings were in this large vault and the whole studio caught on fire. Um, Many masterpieces. One, huh. one of the things that uh I mean, for me, I mean, I loved Nirvana growing up. They lost the master tapes. Never mind there. So
1: they did oh, well, put out. Right, Sorry, next. Yeah, they they there are so many reissues of. I know Nirvana <laughs> they, stuff. It's That's funny a, you said that. ahead they, they have? What they made three albums. They only or? made uh Bleach and uh, Nevermind and Uproar. Three albums
0: and, and then Uproar li- live stuff or B sides. Uh, live from uh, the bloody ba- the. Live from the. the Bloody Banks? What am I? From the Muddy. Kind of? Muddy Banks, yeah. yeah. And then there's uh, the Black uh, album with the one track, but so like 91, right? I mean, like I see the shirt, punk rock, everything. Then Nirvana explodes. I'm only 11 years old. What was your recollection of that time? After a whole
1: 80s worth we of were, like- uh, Well, when, when I heard that album, we were recording the Silver Rotation album. Yeah which was completely at the other spectrum of it wasn't even that punk anymore for us. But uh, So what,
0: I, so, so like, I mean, like, I'm, I like I'm the asking ex- like both the punk rock, um, with like this, like, you know, uh, punk rock and mainstream culture. Right. After a decade of, you know, Devo, dance, cocaine and, you know, Wall Street people are, like running amok. Then all of a sudden the music ch- scene changes. Right. I mean, like punk rock and underground bands, they always just it and did their own thing. But mm-hmm. in the mainstream, what was that like for you guys? You know what I mean? Like, I always wondered that.
1: We we were not ever really that much in in the mainstream for us.
0: With it being introduced into the mainstream. And then you know what I mean. Like now, people are like talking about punk rock, or they're talking oh, about yeah. you know what I mean. Like,
1: well, a good band, a good example, I guess, would be Green Day, which is a band that mm-hmm. was we would uh, cross paths with here and there. We played a sh- We played at their Dookie release party. Wow! And this was when we knew that we were on our last tour and we weren't going to tour anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first iteration of the Dead Milkman. So it was almost like well. Watching them was like saying, well, this is where it's going now. It's probably going to explode because look at all the people here going crazy over this. Was that in Oakland? It was in San Francisco. Very cool. So you played their CD release party. That's crazy. Correct. That was when CDs were king wow <laughs> that was hard it's hard to imagine that too now vinyl's back and
0: it's weird it's very <laughs> weird that vinyl's back i mean that's all they sell over there at oldies now it's the number one seller um i mean i still but buy we cds could, you could see tapes. it happen
1: they were even they had people from mtv filming not i okay. uh at that show they were filming the the um soundcheck of it of green day doing their soundcheck so they were we were like well this they're giving they're getting the mtv push they're probably going to go someplace with this stuff and it was at 95
0: right i saw dookie at the philadelphia Convention it, was, it was 94 or... towards the end of the year that's cool yeah yeah i saw them for that tour uh, i guess the one after when they are blowing up but um yeah so i mean that's crazy i had no idea that's that's very interesting and then like as you guys you know you knew, my, you, were go- you knew you were gonna break up.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm, because somebody- I wasn't happy with the fact that we were breaking up at this point in time. But yeah, it was just something that the band wasn't gonna. We couldn't agree on uh, either touring or staying at home, uh, mm-hmm. so we just decided to part ways. What
0: do you like? Do you like staying at home or do you like, I like touring? To-
1: I like staying at home and going on tour at the same time. Yeah, right. You can't do that. It's, i like it's both very things difficult. yeah it's very difficult <laughs> i have to, to go, go on tour to make money and yeah. i don't mind that fact it's but, hard uh,
0: it, i think that one of the hardest things about music is somewhere along the line they decided that all concerts should start at nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. <laughs> you know what i mean like somewhere it could have started at five six o'clock but no um right after i always later, found yeah. that that was the hardest part of the gig like um
1: you I get there, I, you do sound
0: check, well, you have dinner, you wait day, around, man. you drive, you get there, you sound check, and then you got four or five hours before right. you got to get to work. And it's a l- long time.
1: A lot of book reading or doing oh all yeah or, whatever. I mean, you can only see so <laughs> many things game in town. Probably. Yeah, paintball, <laughs> paintball, you know, but um, Pool. it
0: just I I find that that's the hard part. Um, but I do believe I do agree with what you say. Um. I mean, I was in the band for a decade and then that band broke up. Didn't want that band. I didn't want them to break up. I personally don't think bands should ever say we're broken up.
1: Yeah. In hindsight, maybe we shouldn't have said that either because we it's did tough, get back right? together again. But After 13 no. years, right? Yeah.
0: But there, then during that time, you had a creative kind of spurt. You were doing your own thing, right? Yep. I
1: never stopped yeah. writing songs. I've been writing them since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I did a few other things. I had a duo project called touch me zoo which at that time became a band and we started playing around just that's to a cool Syria. name <laughs> uh thanks and i also had a thing with dean that was local pretty much local only called butterfly joe and with um, this guy named andy bresnan was like the band leader he used to be the band leader of the big messed orchestra Oh well. and so he, he put together a band for to record some of the songs that I had recorded as home-recorded solo tapes from, from in the 80s. Uh, and that project was called Butterfly Joe, so I was doing those things. And another band sprouted up called the Town Managers, which morphed into a band called the Low Budgets. So I was low doing budgets. all these things.
0: You guys, you guys play a lot of um, – the Low Budgets played around town here, right?
1: Yeah, the Low Budgets was the most t- – active touring band of those four projects I just mentioned. Really? How far toured, did you guys go? Uh, we did two European tours out to Greece and back. To, uh, mostly we based ourselves in Germany when we were there. Uh, but, What's the music scene in Germany like? Uh, they loved our style of punk rock, which I guess you could call pop punk, sort of. Mm-hmm. Which was a uh, guy named Chris Siegel, who goes by the name Chris Peel out was a main songwriter for that band and half the songwriter for the Town Managers but he was the he was the uh idea guy behind the low budgets. Mm-hmm. He himself now lives he stayed in Germany. He liked it so much there. He didn't come back after our last tour and that's how we broke wow. up <laughs> in 2008 but we <laughs> had a, we had a, we had an 8 year run of of fun. That's cool. And instead of guitar in that band I played a keyboard which was
0: I saw a picture of that old
1: Japanese like a Farfisa knockoff called oh, Tysco yes. Checkmate. Dude, there's keyboards. It's the tough album? to maintain, but fun to play.
0: Uh, uh, keyboards that are like from that, <laughs> I'd love that sound.
1: Yeah, it's just as a, a sound you can't get on any digital. You probably wouldn't want to, but once you get it, you don't want anything else. Yeah. No. <laughs> you can't digitally re- reproduce it.
0: <laughs> Germany. Everybody says Germany's got the best uh scene. I think they the, like
1: uh, punk, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's fun like that punk, yeah. it's fun to tour countries that you you know, countries like in the Eastern European area I found.
0: It's got great, great people. Great feeling like when somebody knows and There's connects. So
1: many with you. so much DIY stuff. Really? Yeah. hmm
0: and uh, that was like eight years, and then I, I guess I mean you guys we toured
1: U.S. quite a few times too. Yes, I well saw I
0: saw a bunch of uh, tour dates. I mean, did you guys travel by a
1: uh, van bus? Yeah, Chris again. Chris is old, one of those guys who always, as long as I knew him, always had a van. We would <laughs> run one mm-hmm. down in the ground and get another one traveling. Yeah, I had a
0: uh, her name was van. Eleanor, and she was a Ford econo line i can't i remember the, the model yeah, i'm but familiar with the economy god i love that thing that had a vhs player in the middle you know yeah and then we ripped out the back window so we could piss out the back on our way back from new york city you played uh arlene's grocery too right yep yeah i played there once uh <laughs> we we we, <laughs> we made this stupid mistake you know how small those streets are right yeah i mean like we made the mistake yeah, we used Grand to Greenwich do this Village. thing where you know where the golden dragon is over there at plymouth square yep so uh our manager's family uh ran that restaurant or still runs that restaurant excuse me and uh we used to uh rent a charter bus and pick 30 of our friends up in front of the golden dragon they get on the bus we drive to new york the first time we get there we're playing arlene's Grocery. we gotta be there for the sound check right we, we can't get the bus to turn the bus driver can't make that left in those tiny little streets so yeah. at the time uh some dude in the in the party I uh, was like I can drive this thing And he actually Sat in the seat And did it That woman would have Lost her job today If there's a camera On that bus But huh. See I remember that More in the show Just the <laughs> bus you know? yeah, yeah. But I do like that That venue though It's got a real Punk rock vibe to it There's a place called Pianos I think Nearby right Uh huh yeah. That was cool too But Arlene's grocery I loved Sound guy yeah. was a Major dick though
1: Yep, ever they all from? every place like that.
0: Every sound guy's a dick. What's up like, with that, Joe?
1: They have like 20 bands a day they have to do in these places, daytime shows, nighttime shows, post-nighttime shows. They're just shows.
0: always dicks. They're
1: they, always... And, yeah. I mean, I should say I mean, I'm. I, I'm a I, shouldn't, I don't know why. Maybe okay. that's just the type of personality that it becomes that.
0: But do you think it's because they couldn't get a band together? They, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I just had too many bad experiences with yeah. sound guys. But hey, you know, there's got to be one because without sound guy, you're in a a lot of you know trouble once the band gets back together i mean what's what's your um jubilation like what's your feelings towards it like when the dead milkman got back together at the hiatus
1: yeah but we were all, i was already doing like the solo thing uh and doing a lot of touring did um, you feel compelled just, to do it in all those 13 years uh not originally no we we were asked a few times to get back together, and we were declining shows. I was, Rodney was, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that we actually accepted this one for Fun 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 Fest. That was a two thousand eight. But I was pleasantly surprised. It was one of those things where each of us was asked individually, and each of us said the same thing: "I'd like to do it, but I really doubt that the other the other two would." And mm. But this was after Dave passed away, yeah,'m sorry he passed away. we did play a memorial show uh for for him, um, and the bass player we got to replace him was the bass player up the low budgets, yes, Dan Stevens, so what's and that? then yes, so finally, someone told us, well you. Rodney said, I would like to do a video and think the other two would. Dean said the same thing. So maybe you should all talk to each other. And we did. And we decided to do it. What
0: was that first show back like?
1: Really intimidating at first. Uh, just the idea of doing it. But I... and I... Was I, I? hadn't played electric guitar very often. <laughs> yeah, you're playing. keyboards. Yeah. I was playing keyboards and yeah. acoustic guitar, and that was it. It's a weird feeling when you go back. And to it, hadn't, right? yeah. Definitely hadn't played Dead Milkman songs in a long time. Isn't that weird? You <laughs> learn your own songs. <laughs> relearning, yeah. Relearning your own songs is weird, especially when you do it all. And once you have no recollection show. of where the where did, bri- how, where's this how did bridge? it? Yeah. What, yeah. What, why what? did we write it like this? Yeah, why did what? we? Why did we put this chord only in this section? And it's why weird, couldn't right? we have made it simpler? Yeah. but now we have to do it this way <laughs> so you guys you know you get back together you do I mean, it was gig. fun yeah it was, it was, fun, was right? more fun than I expected and mm-hmm. after the gig on the way back we were talking on the flight saying maybe we should actually do this more often on a regular basis and we said well let's have a meeting when we get back home mm-hmm. and talk about it after we think and we talked about it. said yeah let's do it And Rodney's co- caveat was I don't want to do it I don't want to just be an nostalgia band Playing old songs. I want new songs to play. So I'm not going to do this unless we write new songs and make albums. So I said, "Sure, why not?"
0: Where was that EP recorded at, by the way? Which one? Oh, the one that the first one that you're back, the the Dead Milkmen get back together. No, there's one in 2017 that was an EP. What is the first recording? The first
1: one we did when we got back together was called "The King in Yellow." I think it was 2011. Yes, that's 2011, right? And we did that on our own, our own label. Who
0: did the CD? Uh, we never CD did vinyl, but we
1: did CD. Dean uh, Clean, he did all of our. He is Dean art direction for Clean. all of our. Uh, covers. I'm going to
0: check him out. Is he online?
1: Yeah, like Dean cover. Sabatino online. Okay, cool. That's his um, actual name. Yeah. So, like, a his long time
0: noticed. between you guys, you get back in the studio, was it easy?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was difficult. It was pretty yeah. easy. Mm, it's good
0: because sometimes it's difficult for bands to get back together and they just lost their groove or it sounds like you guys just, you know, with the dis- Yeah, it seemed like we were just
1: picks. picking off it. The only difference was we had a different bass player and he just seemed to everything emulate. Yeah, he did a good job. Worked well with us. He'd been in the studio with low budgets and he'd been in a previous band called Farkar Mockenfuss. What was the name? far karma confess that's a cool they name. did one album it's <laughs> all instrumental kind of surfy
0: oh i like that uh, stuff like um i like like you ever hear medesky martin and wood no oh my god they're good but yeah Dick Dale surfer stuff so like you said you've been writing songs since you were like a little kid right so like when you get back together with the Dead Milkman does your song
1: does your um
0: writing process change because now you're writing it for this particular at show? first
1: it didn't um a stipulation was that we had only we could only submit material that was new and we couldn't rely on anything that we couldn't like revive an old thing
0: that was but a stipulation you guys for made that. for yourself that's yeah. smart yeah it's smart so
1: So I got down to, oh, you know, this is great, fun, Uh, I'll write Mm -hmm. a lot of, kind of worked very similar to how we worked previously, except the one difference being that it was easier for us to show, to do demos on our own and put them out on the internet or put them in a... Mm, Yeah, that... drive Mm -hmm. and let other people hear them and work on work on them separately but then bring out what we worked on and it we fell into patterns some patterns where that were old-fashioned like i'd be writing music and rodney would be writing the words for that Mm -hmm. but there's some new because rodney got a lot more musical in the meantime too he had a uh, also a project called burn which burn uh why we were broken up and he's he wrote he is now writing or wasn't writing a lot more songs completely or music that, like, Dean would have lyrics. It was a mishmash of mishmash, things. Yeah, Plus, we cool. also had Dan writing music as oh, well. Oh, wow. So, That's cool. Yeah. So, I don't think he ever wrote lyrics, but maybe he will in the future. So, but, uh, so we have another... You had another songwriter. Saturday,
0: yeah. um, so like, you know, in the interim process between when the band broke up and then the band gets back together, the whole, I remember like it was like 2008, 2009 or so. I got on, I was like on Pandora and like uh, the money was good. Sometime around 2010, 11, I remember the money was not good no more. They changed streaming and stuff like that. How did you feel coming like back? Like you knew it obviously with all your solo stuff and like that, but seeing how music has now changed in 2020 versus you know uh you know 1985 when you had to have it i am in the same um culture that i still want to go out and buy my cd i want to hold it you know mm-hmm. with people now just picking their favorite song and that's all they buy on spotify or listen to do you do you enjoy that or like what's your thoughts on that i
1: don't i don't I don't care how people hear the music personally mm-hmm. these days. How do you they listen can... to music? Records. All kinds or... of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you? I don't about? play records very often. I still have a lot of them, mm-hmm. but uh, I I enjoy going to band camp and mm-hmm. finding stuff I've never heard before. Or going on recommendations that. of other things, or...
0: yeah, I enjoy that too. When you 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 discover a
1: group. That's yeah. still like freshen their, you know, fertility right. into coming into this world as a band. And being able to tell someone else about it. Or, yeah. I still make mix, not tapes anymore, but mix CDs for my own self to listen to. Love on it. MP3 CDs. I
0: made tapes too. Point
1: so power. I digest music as both albums, but then I also, I've been doing this also since the, since the 70s, making mm-hmm. mix things. And I can see why that's fun.
0: It's so much fun to make. I mean, there's nothing quite yeah. like a mixtape.
1: I'm guilty also of hearing an album like on iTunes and saying, well, I only really want this song, so I'm just going to buy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still buy MP3s in this day of streaming, Same. Same. so I'm, I'm betting not as. For an artist new. Though that
0: I like, I want to get that full album. I still want to hold yeah. it. And I want to like read the notes, you know, like where it was yeah. like recorded and stuff. But, um,
1: I have yet to so. I have yet to pay for a streaming service on music. Same, but I don't maybe do someday.
0: I don't <laughs> do it. I mean, I have a bunch of friends who are like, "What's your? Are you on Spotify?" Right. Like my bands are on Spotify, but right. I'm not. You know, like I just don't want to. Um, I don't know. I don't want to pay for it. You know what I mean? Like it just se- seems right. like if I want to pay for the, the the band and the time that they spent recording it, you know. Well, like, yeah,
1: and I that's probably why I I'll buy CDs at shows and I'll buy yeah i want to buy things from band camper i want to give the band the most money i possibly can really
0: yeah it's it's very tough for a band in their you know infant stages um it's funny because you know we talked a lot about punk rock and stuff like that pop punk different things like when you look at today's um music pop culture music today is there a punk rock presence yeah what do you feel it in uh, I'm not saying there isn't. I just want, I'm curious to see like what artists now inspire you that have that root.
1: Uh, the Mega Yeah, which is a group I'm going to be touring with in February. I
0: have to check them. The Mega Yeah,
1: yeah, the Mega Yeah. That's a badass name too. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, else? Anybody else?
0: You're touring F- with them. FOD still oh, has right. so, the your punk. Your tour spirit. starts next week, right? January twenty second, I believe, right?
1: Are no, you? One- February 14th February 14th okay and where's that first show at Uh, New Haven Connecticut wow okay cool and you're out there for a while right oh that's just four days Mm -hmm. but then I do a tour that starts February 28th and I'm out for a month and that's with Cool Z
0: yeah who's a
1: hip hop kind of guy that's very cool he has a little punk in him Uh, I think hip hop is kind of a product of Especially punk and in the a way. indie hip hop yeah, yeah something about i mean it used heard? to be that hip hop and punk were so friends no, yeah friends yeah, yeah i I, re- I remember i mean <laughs> even in the Friend- 90s friendly I felt genres that way. i mean like
0: um i felt a strong connection to both nirvana and the wu-tang clan i felt that they both had oh, yeah. this um energy that you know and like i i love 90s hip hop i feel as if 90s hip hop i mean there's a couple groups now that kind of emulate that but that that large presence is kind of gone for me in a way i mean i like run the jewels and a couple other groups like that but you really didn't need that much production you just needed a straight on the one beat that doesn't you know like the sounds now are just too like the beats per minute like it's crazy you mm-hmm. know what i mean how many beats you guys want to do like trap like music if you heard trap music it's crazy it's totally crazy but i, I find that inspiration can come in many different forms you know what i mean Sometimes it comes in the form of a girl wearing a shirt that I ask a question and then she tells me about the dead milkman. Sometimes it could be, you know, even a bumper sticker or something like that. Like I was talking about with the color font, you know, uh-huh. but, um, it's very, um, I, I, I'm very happy that you came into the lounge today, you know, that was great. everything you did, um, as far as your career, I'm very stoked you guys, you're still playing. There's still a presence, uh, online. I did some, uh, research today. What's the one question? Oh, the one question that I was going to ask and It's probably the question you probably get. I'm going to ask it at the end. Um, the location for uh, Punk Rock Girl. Where is that? Is that
1: in Philly? Most of it's Philly. There's is that some, some kind of sh- we stole some scenes in the Cherry Hill Mall, but it, What's it was the no- main location. The main location was Eastern State Penitentiary. I, knew it. Okay. That I thought it said? was. Yeah. I told
0: my coworker, I was like, that's got to be Eastern State Penitentiary. It is. And
1: they were like... Yeah. The location um, scout found that place and we went with it.
0: How long did it take to make that video?
1: Oh, it seemed like forever, but I think it was only a day in an afternoon. Wow. A day that started at the before the crack of dawn, like 4.30. So I
0: remember seeing that <laughs> on MTV when I was yeah. just a little boy. Now... And, Uh, I'll be 40 in like uh, what 7 days and now to sit across from me is kind of you know art imitating life in a way you know Um, I'm going to provide everybody uh, down below with all the information where they can check you out Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and um, have a good rest of the winter the tour and uh, my name is Bob and this has been another episode of Bobcast